Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in episode, we'll call it 88. It might be 87, might be 89. I get a little confused, you know, counting all this money we won this weekend. <laughs> what up, buddy? What's up, episode 80 something of What's Right with Nick Wright, the podcast, the YouTube show. My guy right here gave us the lock of the week. It broke our losing streak on locks. Indeed. We also are guaranteed a winning week gambling. The Good question point. is, will it be four and one or three and two? This guy, on the other hand, Hit a nice multi-team, four, five-team parlay. He's feeling great. He, that, the, his parlay, and we'll get to the show in just a second. At one point, the sports book he was using, which just the sports book he was using, offered him a cash-out option for literal pennies. Right. That's how, that's how, what desperate shape they thought this parlay was in. And DeMonte held strong, got the whole thing. So he has that going on. So we have a ton of football to discuss today. And by the way, we're live on YouTube. You can send in your comments and questions, participate in the polls throughout the show. Today's show is going to be a little bit different. So the first segment, we're going to do all football. The second segment, I'm going to address the Kyrie Irving situation. And then the third segment, we're going to get to your questions, comments, and play a game and have some fun. So it's, you know what I mean? The It's a sandwich of sports, fun, Sports fun plus some seriousness in the middle. So all that coming up. But first, what we must get to is what we are not discussing today. Here's what is not on. What's right with Nick Wright today? The NFL trade deadline is tomorrow. We will discuss that on Thursday. Oh, since we last talked, though, the Chiefs added Kadarius Tony. Oh, maybe fixing their one problem, the punt return game. Bill Belichick tying George Hallis or moving past George Hallis on the all-time wins list. And the Lakers finally get a dub. The Lakers and the Nets both now one win teams. Or the shirt for the Lakers. Why? What shirt? What does that have to do with the Lakers? Because the colors? Oh, yeah. okay. All right, fair enough. I don't think, I think you wore that shirt because you woke up and you thought it was May in the Miami Beach as opposed to November or New Halloween in New York City. Yeah. It's a hell of an outfit to be wearing on Halloween. What are you going to do today, DeMonte, when people are like, oh, what are you dressed as when they think I'm, you're wearing a costume? I'm a podcaster. You're a podcaster? Yep. Okay, there you go. Fair enough. All right, Demonze, let's get the show started. All right, man. Let's talk about Buffalo and Green Bay for yeah. a second. We are in a new era of NFL where having yeah. Aaron Rodgers on your team doesn't automatically make you a competitor. 
The yep. Chiefs on the bye, the Bills reminded everybody who the, who the true cream of the copper is in the AFC. Yeah. Are you ready to write Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay's eulogy? And is Josh Allen taking the reins from Aaron Rodgers on being the best quarterback in the league? Okay. You guys are asking this last question just to troll me, right? Uh, Can I say something about last night's game? Serious question. Hold on. No. Well, it, well then, it's, then it's dumb. It's uh, either trolling me or you guys are dumb. Okay. Because if this is a serious question, I... It, I don't, this is why I get so frustrated with the Bills narrative and the Josh Allen narrative. Here's a fun fact. Josh Allen was not good yesterday. He completed 50% of his passes. He threw what, two picks? He had two picks when all they needed to do was not turn the ball over and it would have been a guaranteed easy victory. Instead, he threw an indefensible pick at midfield and then an awful pick in the red zone. Like, there's so he, he had his quarterback rating yesterday was 75. Is Josh Allen awesome? Yes. Is he right now one of the two or three leading MVP candidates? No question about it. But I don't understand why he why even a game like that when his performance was not the first, second, third, fourth, or fifth best thing the Bills had going for him that people are like oh. I mean, MVP race is over. No, it's not. Yeah, I think we might have talked about this a little bit when you said uh, the best player on the team gets the credit no matter, like, if you win. Yes. Like, you you shine, and then when you lose, it's all blamed on you. Yes, that, you know what? You're absolutely right, and that's a really smart point you made right there. So I'm okay with that, but this idea that this was, all oh, a passing of the torch between Rodgers and Allen. By the way, Rodgers hasn't been the best quarterback in football, <laughs> some would argue, ever, uh, certainly since Mahomes walked in the league. There's not been a day that Mahomes has been in the NFL that Rodgers has been better than him. Not one day since Mahomes took over. So, listen, the Bills, it was a good win. It, their, deep, their run defense, I'd be a little concerned if I'm Buffalo that, all right, the Packers, once they realized Aaron, that you couldn't throw on them, they ran the ball 30 times for 200 yards. They just ran the ball at will. Right. Green Bay, on the other hand, has now lost four games in a row. They have. They are in Detroit next week. Detroit has shown us that at home they can score points. Yeah. On the road they stink. At home they can score points. It then goes after the Detroit game. Cowboys, Titans, Eagles. That's three of the hottest teams in the league. Is it? I mean, the Titans have won five in a row. Cowboys are coming off a great win, yeah. which I think we're going to talk about. I mean, a, not it. Not a great win as far as degree of difficulty, but how dominating yeah. they were uh, on the offensive side. And the Eagles are undefeated. At the, They still, even after that, have games against the Dolphins and Vikings and will throw in a Rams game, even though the Rams I don't think are very good. Green Bay is not making the playoffs. That's what it's looking like. There is... I, you know, I wonder, I'll look right now in real time, see if it's up there, what their playoff odds are. They were an underdog to make the playoffs before this week. Now, I'm sure that was, they baked in that they thought they were going to lose to Buffalo, but they went, so they're plus 180 to make the playoffs. So 100 bucks to win 180 bucks. For them to miss the playoffs, they're minus 200. So... Vegas is telling you they think there's 
a two out of three chance they miss the playoffs. I think that's right. I think right now, if we were ranking NFC, and listen, the Bills, What? let me say one more thing about the Bills, then we'll finish the Packers, then we'll move on. Here's what the most important thing for the Bills is. It's not just that they are now six and one. It is that they are six and one with head-to-head wins over the other, the only five and two teams in the conference. So they're six and one with a blowout win over Tennessee, which at the time, it's like, okay, the Titans are just going to stink. Right. That looks better by the week. And a close win over Kansas City. So in order for the Titans or the Chiefs to pass them, they have to, they can't have the same record as them, obviously. Right. So let's say the Chiefs are going to lose, what's best case scenario? The Chiefs are only going to lose one more time all year. Okay, so they finish 14 and three. That would mean Buffalo has to finish 13 and four for them to not be the one seed. Right. And so Buffalo's remaining schedule at the Jets, home for the Vikings, home for the Browns, at the Lions, at the Patriots, home for the Jets, at the Dolphins, home or at the Bears, home for the Dolphins, pardon me, at the Bears, at the Bengals, home for the Patriots. Hard to find. They've got it. Yeah, I mean, it's very, it's hard to find the losses necessary. Yeah, I was, I didn't really even see one clear one. Well, I don't, they're going to be favored in every game they play. Right. But even if, you know, you could lose at Cincy, you could lose at the Jets, you could lose at the Patriots. Let's say you lose those three road games, okay? Okay. Even if they do that, Kansas City then has to go. They're five and two, eight and one the rest of the way. Even if so, the Chiefs almost have to run the table to have a real shot at the one seed. And even if they do that, Buffalo still got to lose twice. So that's why that was a good win for Buffalo because at the beginning of the year, when we didn't know Green Bay was going to be this bad, right. it's like, oh yeah, it's in Buffalo, but that's a that's one of the toughest games on your schedule. Home game against the Packers right. didn't turn out that way. Oh, they also, by the way, I didn't even think about this. Buffalo also has the head-to-head with the Ravens. Now, the Ravens are on 5-2, and two, but the other division leaders, Baltimore, Tennessee, and Kansas City, Buffalo's beaten all of them. So that's a testament to their overall team, even if yesterday they weren't that great. Sure. For the Packers, what I was going to say is, if we are ranking playoff contenders right now in the NFC, the Eagles are as good as in. The Vikings, to me, are as good as in. Okay. The Cowboys are close to as good as in. And you're obviously going to have a winner from the NFC South in and the NFC West in. I, right now, Green Bay, I put them in the same bucket as they're going to be fighting with Atlanta, Seattle, and the Giants. Those four teams. And the Rams. The Rams, Seattle, Atlanta, the Giants, and the Packers, those five teams, I should say, are going to be fighting for the final two playoff spots. So I think Green Bay's in real rough shape. All right, next. Seems like it. All right, the Eagles, Cowboys, and Commanders all won on Sunday. Yeah. Philly dominated Pittsburgh, and Dallas put up almost 50 against Chicago. Uh, The Giants lost but remained 6-2. and The four teams are combined for 16-3 against teams out of the division. 
That's unbelievable. Yeah. That is unbelievable to have that record out of division. It's wildly impressive. It's not common. No, not at all. Go ahead. All right. Uh, is there a shot? Is there a shot that Dallas or the Giants can beat the Eagles out of the division crown? Oh, I don't think so. Uh, they because the Eagles, you know, have that. Of their schedules. It's so soft. Yeah. I don't want to make this a schedule show. We just did that with these other teams, <laughs> but the Eagles, the re- next week they're home for Washington, then they're at Indy, home for Green Bay, home for the Titans. At the Giants, at the Bears, at the Cowboys, home for the Saints, home for the Giants. So aside from divisional games, what they have left is the Colts, the Packers, the Titans, the Bears, and the Saints. Every single one of those teams is below 500, except for Washington, which is at 500. Oh, and this week, I left this one out. I'm sorry. Their next game is against the Texans. So that's like, so I don't think had the Cowboys beaten Philly, this is how close margins are. The Cowboys had beaten Philly when they played Cooper Rush's last game. Then both of them have one loss. Dallas would actually, because they haven't had the bye yet, seven and one. Philly's six and one. Dallas would be in first place right. with the tiebreaker at the moment. Instead, they're two games back with Philly having the tiebreaker. I don't listen, Philly's Philly's more of a lock for the one seed than. Dallas is. I'm sorry, then Buffalo is. And listen, before the year, I've said this before, I'll say it again. I was skeptical of the Eagles at first. I then, after the Tyron Smith injury, came around on them as division winners. But I laughed. We talked about it on the show. I openly laughed about the idea that, oh, yeah, Philly's going to be 14 and three in the one right. seed. They're going to be 14 and three in the one seed. Uh, and it, the and Jalen is playing. I mean, Jalen was yesterday might have been the best game of the season for him. AJ Brown was obviously sensational. The Steelers had no answers. Philly looks is, really. Is there any really scenario good. that Philly goes undefeated? I think there is. You think there is? Yeah. Just because of the schedule, or because you like them that much? The schedule. I mean, just given what they've already done. I just, I don't really see anything. I mean, I could see them maybe being played with injuries, but besides that, man, I don't know. Here's what hurts them, or hurts the chances of that. Divisional games are almost always the toughest games. We've just talked about how that the NFC East is 16-3 and outside of the division. They still have four divisional games remaining. So are they, you're really going to sweep the division when it's the best division in football? I don't think so. So, well, you know what? Let me check the odds on that as well. Uh, the 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 odds for Philly to go un I wonder what their regular season is that even available. Philadelphia right now their projected win total is 14 and a half. Okay. So Vegas is saying they're either going 14 and 3 or 15 and 2. Will they go undefeated? I'm looking at it right now. What do you think yes is? What do you think it is? Six to one, 30 to one, 50 to one, 12 to one, 10 to one, like 50 to one. No, I'm just throwing stuff out there. I'm saying, what do you, oh, no, I was what do you think 50 it is? To one, like maybe four, 30 to one, 12 to one, 12 to one. Okay. 12 to one. They're minus, they're one to 30 to have a loss. So if you want to bet them not to go undefeated, right. it would be you'd have to risk 3,000 to win 100. 
If you want to bet them to go undefeated, you'd have to risk 100 to win 1,200. I don't think they're going undefeated, but they are also, they and Buffalo are both tied for the odds for the best regular season record at even money, essentially. The Chiefs have the next best odds at plus 750. So Vegas really thinks Philly and Buffalo are basically locked into the one seeds. And keep in mind, they changed it a couple years ago. Now only the one seed gets a buy. It right. used to be the one and the two. So the difference between the one and the two seed is massive. All right, next. Poll. Oh, we have a poll. Thank you. Sorry about that. Uh, who wins the NFC East? 81% says Philly. Dallas, 13%. Washington, 3%. And the Giants, only 1%. Listen, I've disrespected the Giants plenty. But <laughs> having the four and four Washington commanders well, the poll, our poll respondents likes their chances of winning the division more than the Giants is ludicrous. All right, next. All right, the NFC West is one of the hardest divisions to make sense of. Seattle is in first after improving, improving five to five and three against the six and two Giants. Yeah. Uh, Christian McCaffrey ran, caught, and threw a touchdown for San Francisco yeah. as they swept the Rams for the season. Yep. Arizona had a chance against Minnesota, Minnesota, but they don't look like a playoff team, obviously. Yeah. Is San Francisco rallying or could Seattle really win the division? Oh, listen, I think Seattle, I think Seattle is a good team, and Geno deserves a ton of credit, and Pete Carroll deserves a ton of credit, and they crushed that draft, just crushed it. They have rookies helping everywhere. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to win the division. Can they? Sure. But San Francisco, we said it on the show that San Francisco – Back-to-back tough losses that played terribly against the Falcons. They ran into the buzzsaw that is the Chiefs. San Francisco now, they don't have an easy schedule, but do I expect Seattle to maintain the divisional lead against them? I don't. The other thing San Francisco has going for them is they already beat Seattle head-to-head. So if they sweep them, obviously it's a huge advantage to winning the division. But even if they don't sweep them, they're in great shape to win the division because their divisional record, since they, as you mentioned, they've already swept the Rams this year. So I I do like San, San Francisco to win that division. I think the I I think the Rams are done. I think the yeah. Rams are dead. That's what it seems the, like. The Rams, and this is why I wouldn't write off the Bucs. We haven't talked since the Bucs lost another embarrassing one on Thursday night. Uh, Bucks, Rams, Packers, all to miss the playoffs for the year would have sounded crazy. I think it's still a little crazy because I think the Bucks can win that division. The Packers, Minnesota just keeps winning. All they do is keep winning, and they already beat Green Bay head-to-head once. Right. And the Rams just have a broken roster, and I don't know how many people paid attention to this. Down three scores with less than two minutes left, McVay made a big mistake, man. Had not only Cooper Cup in the game, but they threw him a pass and his ankle got rolled up on. If he's out for any amount of time, that offense becomes the worst offense in football. According to the smart numbers, it already is the worst offense in football. Okay. They can't run the ball. They can't protect, uh, I almost said golf, Stafford. Right. I, so I, I think... Seattle, that's a great win against the Giants. A great win against the Giants. I give them credit for how they did it. San Francisco, though, is, in my opinion, the best team in the conference other than Philly. And, you know, Philly deserves respect for what it's done. But take Philly out of it. I think San Francisco is the best team. 
And I think the second best team in the conference right now is Dallas. I mean, sorry, the third best team. I think Philly and San Francisco at the top with Dallas at number three. I picked Dallas to miss the playoffs. I've been a Dallas skeptic. I, I've i been wrong. Yeah. I mean, the defense wasn't even great against the Bears. Right. I mean, it's just the Bears. Well, yeah, but that, that Bears defense kicked the crap out of the Patriots. And... Fair enough. And Dallas hung damn near 50 on. Yeah. So... <laughs> Dallas, we knew the defense was great. If that offense now is starting to get more explosive, and with Dallas, it I know we'll talk more about it later, but Tony Pollard got his first career, you know, not his first career, but he started over Zeke. Zeke was hurt. He's still amazingly, Tony Pollard has never had a 15-carry game. He had 14 in this game, but he had 14 for like a buck 30. He was unbelievable. Right. So I can move. Yeah, so Dallas, listen, Dallas deserves credit, but I think San Francisco, San Francisco is clearly better than uh, Seattle. All right, last topic this segment. All right, we've talked about the good divisions. Now for the NFC South. The 2-5 and five Panthers and 3-4 and four Falcons had a showdown for first place in the division. Falcons came out on top in overtime after a crazy end to the game. So Atlanta is alone, is alone in first place. The Saints and Bucks are tied for second at 3-5. and five. Is Tampa going to figure this out and win the division, or are you a buyer in Atlanta? No, listen, Tampa's going to win the division. Atlanta's win yesterday was a fact. Yeah. <laughs> and I, listen, no kidding. everyone's killing DJ Moore. Can I defend DJ Moore for a second? He took his helmet off after scoring the touchdown. Yeah. And the NFL has made it to where you can do, you can run off the bench to celebrate. There's so many touchdown celebrations that are allowed to not let him to, to penal. And, and by the way, for it to be 15 yards, what are you so upset about? Did you have something? I really don't like NFL refs. Oh, yeah. Like, they're, they're pretty annoying. The Well, it, it just... The Pete Carroll thing as well. Oh, and, oh, yeah. The guy ran into Pete Carroll. And it's so punitive that now the extra point's already 33 yards. You had 15. Now it's a damn near 50-yard field goal. Now, with that said, Carolina also did have a 30-yard field goal in overtime to win, and that kid shanked that one, yeah. too. Carolina doesn't deserve to be in first place, but Atlanta and that huge survivor pool I'm in, which my team lasted. It you know yesterday it was a great day for survivor pools. All the big favorites won, right? But we would have knocked out 15 percent of the pool with the Atlanta loss, and I wouldn't have been one of them. So that was a bummer. Atlanta, I but to answer everybody to answer the question that I was asked, I'm not a buyer or a believer in the Falcons. I think the Falcons were incredibly fortunate to win that game. They do have one dominating win this year, the one over the Niners, but the Browns and Seahawks games that they won earlier this year were incredible close calls. This Panthers game was absurd, and they do have an incredibly soft schedule moving forward. I think they will come back down to earth. They've been outscored on the season. They have a negative point differential. That's always a red flag okay. of a team not being as good as their record the suggests. Right. Yeah, if they have a negative point. Like, point differential, let me tell you, right now that we're this far through the season, it's a good indicator. So here are... Like our team's blowing you out, basically. Yeah, so number one in the league in point differential, Buffalo. Number two, Philly. Number three, the Chiefs. Number four, Dallas. Number five, Cincinnati, even though they're only four and three. Number six... Minnesota, number seven, San Francisco, number eight, Baltimore. Where's Denver? In point differential? Yeah. 
they are probably not as low as you would think. No, they, I, th- I thought they were higher. Because, I mean, they're scoring in, like, these little mini, like, it's, like, 14, 17. And like, yeah, but they're losing. <laughs> so they have a negative point differential. Maccabi. This is not, not points allowed. Point differential is take all the points you've scored, all, all the, the points you've allowed, Copy. and compare them. So my point is the top eight in the NFL in point differential goes Bills, Eagles, Chiefs, Dallas, Bengals, Vikings, Niners, Ravens. Those are the eight best teams in football. You know what I mean? Like, it's really indicative of how good you actually are. The bottom five teams in point differential are Washington, red flag, Houston, the Rams, red flag, the Lions, and the Steelers. Like, oh, those are the worst teams in football. So the reason I bring it up is Atlanta being right in the middle, you know, same point differential this year as the Bucs in this right there with the Saints. It's indicative they're not great. Seattle, on the other hand, point differential-wise, they're uh, 11th in the NFL. My name Jacksonville Jaguars. 10th. What a terrible loss. I think we're going to talk about them. It's a great loss, actually. Why? Wait, did you have Denver? Oh, you mean because you guys talked me out of betting yeah, them? Yeah, yeah, you guys saved me money because I would have bet them. Yeah. And if I'd have woken up in time, <laughs> I would have bet them on my own. But that game started, kicked at 930, and I was so mad. I was so mad that I couldn't bet them. That is so bad. But uh, it didn't matter. <laughs> All right. So there's there's our week eight NFL beginning of the recap. Oh, I think we have one more poll. Sorry. Who's going to win the NFC South? 50% says Tampa. 34% says Atlanta. Uh, 10% says New Orleans. And 6% says Carolina. Yeah, New Orleans. It, by the way, what an awful performance by the Raiders. It just awful. Are you ready to let that go? Let what go? Man, you just keep saying, I think the Raiders are really good. I, I think it's I think it's definitely time. Oh, that was the one pick that I got wrong this week. It's, it's time to kill that one. Well, that was, I mean, that type of performance makes you consider killing. <laughs> that was terrible. Okay. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to come back and we're going to talk Kyrie. And then we're going to get back to football and your questions and comments in the, uh, in the chat. But we'll take a 60 or 90 second break, come right back, and have a serious discussion about what has happened to Kyrie Irving? It, whether you're a basketball fan or a Nets fan or not, it's it's going to be applicable information for all of us in our daily lives. We'll discuss it next. What's right? What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I 
or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Welcome back in. Episode 89, What's Right with Nick Wright. And now we're going to talk about the Kyrie stuff. So, very quickly, I'm going to do the basketball stuff, and then I'm going to do the far more important stuff, okay? Basketball stuff is this. Kyrie Irving flatly, the juice is not worth the squeeze. Hasn't been for a single day he's been on the Brooklyn Nets. His first year there, KD's out with an injury. Kyrie then sits out the little mini playoff runs. He had some injury. He also was instrumental in getting Kenny Atkinson fired, which obviously was a major error. Uh, His second year there, it all looked great. And then he turned his ankle in the playoffs. James Harden was already hurt, and who knows. His third year, obviously, he derails their entire season with the vaccine stuff and then is terrible in the playoffs, and they get swept. And now this year, that team is awful. They are the worst defensive team in basketball. Kyrie has a lot of highlights, but one-way player. And now already has created a just total storm around him. So I don't know what, I I don't know if he's tradable. Uh, I don't know who right now is going, would want to take him on. And it's a disaster for them from a basketball perspective. Uh, And so that's the basketball thing. Now to the important thing, okay? And this is the part that I'm going to want us to put out there uh, on our channels, uh, social-wise, because this is the part that I think is important. Okay, so there's so many layers here, and I'm going to try to get through them all. I, you guys, if you guys watch the show, you guys know for this show, I don't ever have notes. I have notes here for this one because I want to make sure we get it right. So Kyrie Irving tweeted out a link to a movie that is based on a book. He then claimed in this press conference he had watched the movie. I thought it was totally in play. He had not watched the movie and was just going to double down anyway. I'm still not convinced he watched the whole thing, and I think it is actually his best defense would be, I didn't watch it, man. I saw it. It it seemed interesting. Some do with, you know, my name means Yahweh, as he explained, so I put it out there, my bad. But he claims not only did he watch it, but he also implies he might have read the book. So in the, the most the most damning part of the movie and that book, which is why it's being called anti-Semitic, is because it has an alleged quote from Harold Wallace Rosenthal. And it's been debunked as a fake quote years ago. But that quote talks about how the Jews have established five major falsehoods to conceal their nature and protect their status and power, including on those falsehoods is Holocaust denialism. According to this, again, fabricated quote. He goes on to later in the movie, there is a quote attributed to Hitler that says, quote, because the white Jews know that the Negroes are the real children of Israel and to keep America's secrets, the Jews will blackmail America. 
They will extort America. Their plan for world domination won't work if the Negroes know who they are. So Kyrie Irving at this press conference talks about it's on Amazon Prime, it's history, it's out there. But it's fabricated history. So now let's go a layer back. That Harold Wallace Rosenthal quote sounds a hell of a lot like some things folks read 100 years ago in a book called The Protocols of the Elders of Zion. That again, that was one of the first documented instances of truly damaging fake news. So that was a book that the entire thing was wrote as a fabrication. So folks that wanted reasons to attack and dehumanize, use one of Kyrie's words, Jewish people wrote a book that was attributed to Jewish people about their plot for world domination and then pretended they discovered it. Do you follow me? So that's what that, and this Harold Wallace Rosenthal quote that is not a real quote from that guy. The, uh, the, and I'm not going to get into the full history of that, but it's been since debunked many times over. It's a lot like the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. What, so Kyrie says, did I hurt or harm anyone? Well, not directly and not yet. However, and Kyrie's big on history, but it's important you know the actual history. So the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, that book, was in, 19, in the 1930s taught to school children in, you guessed it, Nazi Germany as a way to prime these young people for the hatred and the coming purge of Jewish people during the rise of Hitler and, you know, Nazi Germany. Okay? So all of this stuff, Kyrie and Kanye and so many of these folks think they're discovering something, think they've uncovered real truth when it's the same playbook that's that other folks have been going by intentionally or unintentionally for decades and in some cases centuries. So. This all like hits close to, it's weird for me maybe to care so much about this, but it is such a symptom of a bigger problem. And I said this on Twitter and I, I say it again here. I'm just an Italian, Irish, white guy who was raised Roman Catholic. However, my dear beloved grandfather who passed before you were born was a Polish Jew. And my wife and my three wonderful children are black. And people have been trying to pit blacks and Jews against each other for so long. And in so many ways, it's been successful. Some of the, some of the most Racially exclusive communities in New York City are the Orthodox Jewish communities that 
really have no time time for black folks. And some of the most racially exclusionary communities are these folks that march up the street from this store. Some of the some of the black Israelites who echo all of this same anti-Semitic nonsense. And what's such a shame is we can keep to sports, we can go outside of sports. All of our civil rights leaders knew better. MLK marched with rabbis and had no quarter for anti-Semitism. Jackie Robinson wrote, Jackie Robinson wrote a column for, I think it was the New York Post or a New York paper uh, long ago about confronting anti-Semitism. Kareem talks about it to this day. And, and yet it still pervades. And I do empathize with black Americans in that not only was your history stolen from you, and not only do you not, we don't teach it in schools. There's, there is, the, if you want to learn anything about your ancestors, you have to specialize in it. And even there, it's hard. It's hard to sort everything out. It's the people say, what, you know what I mean? It, some of the bad actors, racist folks, be like, it's so ridiculous. Why can't I have white pride when there's black pride? Well, there is white pride all over the place. It's just us white folks get to narrow it down to Irish American pride or Italian pride or Polish pride or Russian pride. Black Americans don't get that luxury. They don't, they, they had stripped from them the, just get the continent of Africa and really their experience here in America. So you can, it's so it's it's different, and it's it takes you got to peel back the onion one layer to understand that. So I understand black people wanting to feel like, God damn it, they're not teaching me this in school. That I, I I'm gonna go find my history. But this is where we all as a society are in such a dangerous place because nobody seems to have the goddamn ability to differentiate history from a well-produced YouTube video. And I, I think Kyrie means well. I do. I don't think he has hate in his heart for anybody. But I think he doesn't know what he doesn't know. And he thinks he's the educated one. He talks about how the history is out there and how he's in a unique position to post things for his community. And he's then asked about promoting an Alex Jones video. And he gives the perfunctory, I don't stand with Alex Jones on uh, the Sandy Hook stuff, but he says what Alex Jones saying about secret societies, he just flatly says it. He goes, well, that's true. And what Kyrie doesn't know is 
Alex Jones's whole New World Order conspiracy, which is a conspiracy that predates Alex Jones, is also an old anti-Semitic conspiracy. That this Jewish cabal runs the world and wants to have power over everyone. It's all fruit of the same poisonous tree. And we are we are so trapped in a place where we have we have all I shouldn't say we all so many people have how do I put this? There has been a death of expertise and whether it's science, medicine, or history. Folks, so many folks think there are no experts. I'm going to become my own expert. And what they're not seeing is that so much of what they then consume was created for the explicit purpose of exploiting it. And Kyrie doesn't see it. And my friends that I've lost to this, they're just toxic internet brain. They don't see it. And it's horrifying. And the canary in the coal mine was the flat earth stuff. And it was once we as a society saw, oh, there is a legitimate percentage of people that really believe this flat earth stuff. It should have been a nationwide alarm that, well, bad actors see that. And no, if they'll believe that, they'll believe anything. Let me throw up some fake quotes. Let me give some history that has just enough of a kernel of truth to it. And this is the part that I'll tell you, go check. Go go check this in, in your school history book and you'll see that this is true. But then everything else that comes of it is to lead you down a path. And I... I just I just wish there was more of a consensus. And I'm going to tell you this right now, man. We've got some viewers and some listeners and Twitter followers that will see this or saw Kyrie's thing and what they will say is well what did he say that's not true? And what they don't understand is y'all are being taken for a ride. They think you're rubes and that you can be exploited. And nobody seems to be immune from it. And so I don't think Kyrie's a bad person. And I don't think Kyrie dislikes Jewish people. I think Kyrie Irving believes he knows a true history 
that was so that is so clearly the same playbook of fabricated quotes and fabricated texts and fabricated history to start to divide people that people have been using across all societies for as long as there have been societies. But now everyone's got access to it. And some of our folks with our with the biggest microphones are now giving more people, they already had access to it, but it's now accessible to them. And or now they know about it. And this is going in the wrong direction. I hate to be so uh, pessimistic, but unless we societally invest in for our young people and adults some form of I don't even want to call it media, but I will. Media and historic literacy. The, the videos are only going to get more compelling. The deep fakes are only going to start coming right down the tracks. And everyone is going to have their own version of history. And we know where that ends. We, we, know, we know what the end goal of it all is, and it's scary. So makes me really sad and i just i i don't have a i don't have a solve but i know the direction it's going and it's a really really bad one all right we'll get back to sports next we'll try warmer sunnier days are approaching so fuel up for them with factors no prep no mess meals factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer thanks to a vast menu of chef crafted never frozen meals with options like calorie smart protein plus and keto these fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook or clean up make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine what are you waiting for head to factormeals.com slash nick right 50 and use code nick right 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20 percent off your next month that's code nick right 50 at factormeals.com slash nick right 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20 percent off your next month while your subscription is active all right, welcome back in. What's right with Nick Wright? Episode 89. You know, I could have just checked this at the when we tweeted out the link for the show, and I didn't because I'm a dope, but it says right in the link that we tweeted out that this is episode 89. Uh, 
The I don't. I was before we get to the game. I just want to say one thing. If you're still with us, I almost cried twice during that Kyrie Irving thing, which totally shocked me. I did not think that I would get emotional about it like that. I knew I was like upset. It is a frustrating thing. It's just frustrating, and I just—it's scary in this regard. I just think we all know people who we love and care about who have been lost to the YouTube algorithm and yeah. it who are just gone. They are just gone. Right. The way my mom tells me about friends she grew up with in the 60s who took acid all the time and then at one point their brain just stopped working mm -hmm. you know what i mean that they just they they're they, they on a permanent trip right you know what i mean that the, the the drugs finally got to them and they just done that's what it's like a, a parasite yeah and, and and that's what it feels like has has happened and i just i you know, I'm in a weird spot because I'm not Jewish, but so many people think I am because of my nose. Right. Uh, and I think I have some Ashkenazi Jewish features because I have some Ashkenazi Jewish blood from my mom's dad. Right. But I was never raised Jewish. Uh, and my mom was raised Roman Catholic. I'm Roman Catholic. But before, and we'll see what happens under Musk, uh, but before... Uh, before Twitter cracked down on the bots, people would say, I don't think I knew prior to the TV show how much like real anti-Semitism was out there. But then when I first got on TV, there were, I don't know, a dozen accounts that would just tweet images of me because they thought I was Jewish being put in a gas chamber, different Holocaust stuff. The people that like hated me the most. Now I don't know what those accounts do. Maybe they got kicked off, but they've been gone for years. So I was like, oh my God. There's like a lot of hate there that right. I didn't, I had never really experienced, knew about. Um, and I also have a unique experience on not being a black person, but seeing how much obvious discrimination and hate and things work against black folks just by virtue of my family. But if on the minor, most minor level from how we're treated in a restaurant, uh, if I drop you guys at the door and you guys are waiting to get the table before me and then I walk in to the most significant ones, like when your mom and I were first moving in together uh, and I went and uh, signed a lease for an apartment by myself, and then when she came to look at it and the manager showed it to us, they then refused to rent it to us. And the like just just blatant housing discrimination, clearly along racial lines. So I like you, I think a lot of folks who aren't a part of either group don't know how much each group deals with. And then what you see is that the groups then very often start to blame each other. And there's a lot of there's a lot of distrust and discrimination for other oppressed groups within oppressed groups. And this one are the two, I guess, oppressed groups that I have the closest connection to. Uh, and it just breaks my heart.
Breaks my heart. All right, let's have some fun now. Let's play a game. Let's move on. Go ahead. What are we doing? I think is it a new game? We are playing a new game. It is Halloween, so we have a costume contest. Yeah. Happy Halloween, by the way. Yeah, thanks. Listeners and oh, look. Look at that. I knew there was going to be some graphic, man. It's me, you, Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields. Who's the Who's the person in the pumpkin? Oh, that's is that Justin Fields? Is it? I mean, not Justin Fields. It's but, uh, Tua in the pumpkin. Tua, okay. Oh, okay. All right, good. I'm All glad right. I didn't guess because I wasn't sure. Demonza, you look great in that dress. Somebody send me <laughs> that image, please. S- send me a screenshot of that. All right, go ahead. All right, we saw a bunch of teams and players dress up yesterday. Time to see if you are in or out on their costumes. In equals real deal. Out equals fake. Okay. All right, first off, we got Tua is back from injury and looks great. Passing for nearly 400 yards yesterday. You were in on Tua this season. Saying he wouldn't be the starter next year. This Halloween, Tua Tua I was not in on Tua this season. Yeah. I was not in saying he wouldn't be the starter next year. Go ahead. Yeah. Tua T. Is dressed up as a top 10 quarterback in or out on his costume? I mean, they're undefeated with him as the starter. He is playing really well. I Listen, I think that... He is going to be the starter next year. I will give them credit. I I will say I was wrong on that. Top 10 quarterback. We're going to have to, are we going to have to list the quarterbacks? Like, has he been a top 10 quarterback this year? Yes. Do I believe he is a top 10 quarterback? No. And I got to say, my colleague, Joy Taylor, and I think Acho did it too, but I know Joy did it. Joy's mad, I think, fake mad, that Acho is getting credit for saying something that she said first. And I'm here to tell them both. Neither one of y'all should want credit for this take because you're going to have to run from it into the hills. It's as, it's as crazy of a take as I've heard anyone give uh, on our network and forever. Is it the quarterback coach thing? No, no, it's that two is better than Justin Herbert. Guys, pipe, guys, calm down. Because Herbert went right after two in the draft. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, my God, the Dolphins screwed up by not drafting Herbert. And now they're like, oh, did we do it too early? It seems like you might believe two is better than Justin Herbert. I, I do. Okay. <laughs> I, Let me tell you guys right now, that take will not age well. Will we find that out like next year or the year after? I don't know. Okay. But Herbert is uh, Herbert and Tua are not in the same tier of quarterback ability. I give Tua credit. He's not going to get replaced this offseason the way I thought. But a top 10 quarterback, he is. He right now is in the same bucket Geno Smith is, which is they have played like a top 10 quarterback this year. They are not a top 10 quarterback it, perpetually, in my opinion. All right, next. All right. Uh, the 2021 quarterback class, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones was supposed to be a once-in-a-generation class. Instead, they've been playing pretty bad across the board. But Justin Fields seems to be turning it around. Justin Fields is dressed up as a as the best quarterback of the 2021 class, in or out on this costume. I'm out. Okay, let's see. Okay. Are, are, we out because, are we out because Trevor Lawrence has a better costume on? That can't be why. I still want to believe in Trevor. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I mean, uh, Trey Lance. That, well, that's Trey, where, I mean, that's but, the only one that No, I mean, Trey, hasn't Trey got his, he hasn't played and he got his ankle broke. Max stinks. Max stinks. Zach Wilson is lost. 
piece. And Trey's been injured. Justin Fields, I give him credit. He's with the top dog of the of his class, which is unbelievable because he was the one that was playing the worst. I mean, it's gone very quickly. Yeah. Uh, but they're letting him run now more, and we'll see when he gets real weapons and stuff. I still believe in Trevor. (laughs) Here is my here is my Trevor defense. Got to be there because guys are supposed to take a jump between year one and year two, and it looked like he was taking the jump. He said it's undeniable we're a good team, and since then they lost five in a row. And he keeps throwing interceptions to lose games. We're going to have to pretend like his rookie year under Urban Meyer never happened. So that would make this his rookie year. <laughs> so next year's the jump. I still believe in him. You know what, Moving folks? stuff around for the you know, guy. You know what, the last year just Here's the deal. Out. If you are selling your Trevor Lawrence stock right now at an all-time low, I will buy it. I will buy the dip. So is, say, is send it over to me. I'll buy the Trevor Lawrence stock next. All right. Uh, Minnesota won a tough game against Kyler and the Cardinals, taking their record to 6-1. and one. They're basically a lock for the NFC North already. The Vikings are dressed up as a possible NFC one seed in or out on their costume. I got to look at their schedule. Possible one seed? No, I'm out. Too tough a schedule. They're at the Bills. They have a home game against the Cowboys. They're at the Packers and what will be a desperation game for the Packers. They still have played the Giants. They still play the Jets, and those aren't easy wins. I'm out. That one's easy. Next. All right. Two former XFL stars, P.J. Walker and Taylor Heineke, Heineke. both had really impressive games Sunday. Heineke led a game-winning drive, and P.J. Walker threw a game-tying Hail Mary that Pat Mahomes tweeted was the best throw of the year and not even close. P.J. Walker and Taylor Heineke are dressed up as starting quarterbacks. Are you in or out on their costumes? Listen, I do. I need to see more from PJ. I've always thought Taylor's fine. I they it, they are. Oh, I love that guy. They are right on the border of excellent backup, terrible starter. Okay, you know okay. what I mean. Like yeah, so, the the do I think that they can? If they're your backup and they have to start a few games for you. You feel fine. Right. If they are, if you go into the season, like Taylor Heineke is my starting quarterback, you're like, oh, we're screwed. <laughs> so they, they are, I guess I'm out on them as starting quarterbacks, but if they have to start for you, you're okay. Okay. Does that make, you know, if you can't, your plan can't be, this guy's going to be my starter. Right. But, and, and PJ Walker, listen, PJ didn't make an amazing throw. Uh, He also made some terrible decisions in that game. So like, yeah, they are great backup quarterbacks. Next. Jeez, he just that's hilarious. All right, so congrats. Thanks to the intervention on this show, you didn't lose money on the Jags this week. The Broncos took care of business in London and saved Nat Hackett from needing to swim back to America. Nick dressed up as a responsible gambler for Halloween. How do you like your costume? I liked it a lot. Won a lot of money. <laughs> Had a great weekend gambling. Hit uh the we we're not going to get into the details of it on the show okay oh okay. but our thursday night uh triple luca bet yeah hit hit it again yeah i mean it's probably best on hit it again on saturday uh, and by the way that one uh demonze and i bet luca to get a triple level that's the, i guess we can talk about it right there that's it yeah uh and we watched him do it on thursday right in person and Saturday, he had nine assists, and they were up 15 in the fourth. 
and they blew the lead and it went to overtime and he got the triple double in overtime. It was insane. Now they lost the game, which was horrifying. Right. But I was in such a weird spot because Luca had a game winning shot. Right. That I wanted him to miss. So it went to overtime so he could hit the yeah, triple I saw double. That. Uh, and he did miss it. All right, let's read some listener questions. That guy's a lot funnier in person, by the way. Luca, how much he hates the refs? He's hilarious. He's the best. He is the best. Go ahead. All right, so our first question from the fans here. We got Pedrino says, Monte looks like he is dressing up as John Stockton on vacation. Those shorts are shorts. Yeah, I, it's, it, listen, guys, I'm, un- something, I'm as uncomfortable as you guys. When you're hitting five-leg parlays on Sunday... You can wear whatever you want. Okay. All right. Tomaze's right. just making let's, rules. Let's get it. Doesn't mean he should be wearing swim trunks. These are short these are, swim trunks. And these are, they're climbing shorts, actually. They've got a little thing on them. A carabiner on them? Yeah, exactly. I okay. could do something. Now, what, what are you going to climb? What And what do you mean they're climbing shorts? Because they've got the thing on I don't this think is, that. This is for like a. I don't think you climb climbers. mountains yeah, in shorts. Next. Pete asks, if the Steelers land in the top three of the draft, do they go quarterback again like like Cardinals did with Kyler, Kyler Murray? Oh, I think you probably have to. I think you, maybe they don't. Maybe they trade out of it. Let's see how Kenny Pickett plays. That's a great question. See how Pickett plays because maybe, because the Steelers need a lot of stuff. Maybe they can. What he's talking about is the Cardinals drafted Josh Rosen 10th or 11th, the very next year in their number one pick and drafted Kyler and just right. moved on. Um. Yeah. See if you, but you could get a bounty in this year's quarterback draft for that one of those top three picks. So that's an. I you know what? I got to think more about that. And I got to watch Pickett more before you make that determination. Next Great question, Pete. Um, Juice, who's Juicy Beatsco? He makes it every single yeah, time. We lo- we love we love this yeah. Juicy Beatsco guy. Juicy Beatsco asks, Will Geno Smith continue to perform like a top ranked quarterback all season? What are the Seahawks' chances to win the division? Geno's chances to win the MVP? Well, Geno's not going to win MVP. They have a, I'd say, a 30% chance to win the division. 30%. I would say 65% San Francisco, 30% Seattle, 5% the, the other two teams. The am I Arizona and, and the Rams are the other two. So that's first of all. Uh, and I think Geno's going to keep playing well. I don't think he's going to win MVP, but I think he's going to keep playing well. All right, next. Very solid, man. Uh, R, R, RPR 52121 asks, thoughts on the World Series? That's in tomorrow's show. Next. Last one. Matt oh, asks. Talk about, okay, Matt asks, what are you dressing up for? Dressing up as for Halloween? I'm not dressing up for Halloween. I dress up for the Halloween party at my house. I was Count Dooku from Star Wars. Uh, The thing they ripped off, you know, based on me. And I'm not dressing up. I'm I dressing have, up as Kyler Murray tonight. Are you really? Yeah. Do you have a jersey? I'm just going to play Call of Duty with the headset on. Okay. that's a, You know what? You know what? We're going to end the show with that joke. That's a <laughs> solid 6 out of 10 on the joke meter. We're in there. We'll see you guys Thursday. What is that? Oh, that's me in the shiny. <laughs> Give me a break. All right. We'll, be, we'll see you guys on Thursday. Hope you enjoyed today's show. What's right?